everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish podcast. Today I am once again joined by Nova and James. Hi. Hello. And we're going to continue talking about Salem's Lot. We're still on part two, but we're finishing up part two today. Um, and then next week we will be continuing on with part three and the end of the book. There's a lot that happens. Even though yeah. part two runs by so much faster, there's still so much to cover. I know. But it's not nearly as dense as act one. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Like, I feel like act one, I could have skipped through it very easily. Now I'm like, we have to talk about every single detail of every single chapter ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so, the thing is, though, is it pays off very, very well for such dense amount of characters and backstory and lore. Mm-hmm. It pays off so well and played out so, uh, so beautifully mm-hmm. in a in a very dark way. Yeah, for sure. I I love it. I really like this book. (laughs) So we are on to chapter 11. Ben, good news. Matt's heart attack is a minor one, which is something we love to hear. I did not want Matt to die, even though I'm pretty sure he's going to die by the end of this book anyways. Uh, Ben has decided that him and Susan are uh, going to Dr. Cody and tell him everything that's happened. Because that's a very logical next step, I guess. I mean, I guess if you want to see if you can get up a dead body, the person you got to go to is the doctor. So it makes sense. But I'm still like, I don't know if I'd go around town finding everybody and be like, hey, guess what happened? Right. Vampires. Even the doctor is like, is like, "Uh, we we better kind of keep this little lowbrow. Like, you're asking me to excavate a corpse? (laughs) Like... Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not going to go so well with the rest of the people, you know. Facts. Yeah. Uh, it's surprising to me how pretty much everybody believes him that he tells. With yeah. With, like, very little evidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're along for the ride. You know, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. <laughs> I feel like it's very different than most, like, stereotypical... Uh, horror tropes where like most of the time nobody believes them until it's way too late and the like monsters are devouring their face and they're like i should have believed you and we're all like yeah stupid so (laughs) too late now yeah but like but like also too king sat there and said that this was obviously like kind of like a remake of dracula in Mm -hmm. a sense and so he's had ever since what 1922's nosferatu all the way from there to see every trope ever used in the vampire tale that was slightly mm-hmm. based off of Dracula and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think he did pretty well if he ever really saw any of those movies and it's all like, oh, okay, that's pretty different. You know, maybe I could incorporate something like that. You know, that's what mm-hmm. it felt like. It felt like he very much he did do his homework to make this just as much of a unique entry into the mm-hmm. vampire lore. Yeah, which I love. Oh, yeah. Love that. I like vampire books, so brings me serotonin. You look like the kind of person that would probably sit there and watch some type of va- vampire academy. You know, the girl just got bit. Now she has to go learn with all the other vampires. And there's some weird, dark, spooky shit <laughs> that's, that was buried in the grounds. And now it's killing everyone. I, I feel like I, I get should that be offended, but I'm not because it's accurate. Okay, like... <laughs> You're probably. That is I would write mind. that book. I would write that book. Yeah, that's that sounds very much like something I'd be into. Tell me what that book title is, okay? 
<laughs> I actually did really like Vampire Academy and I was pissed when they like didn't finish the TV show. But it looks like I just saw something from Penguin that they are bringing a movie soon, I think. Like they're redoing it. So like it'll have a whole new cast. And I'm like, yes! Excellent! <laughs> but, like Even when you go back though to the TV show, it's like, it's still unfinished. It's like, why couldn't you finish it? I know. And it's like, they yeah. left it with a cliffhanger and they're like, best of luck. Like I'm guessing that they just didn't get renewed. Um, because the hard part about like book adaptations is because they so loosely follow the book and they don't, market it well like you either market it to the people who've already read the book in that case you want to follow the book very very closely because if you don't follow the book the book nerds are gonna be like what the fuck or you switch up your entire marketing and market it to people who have never read the book in that case you cannot assume they know any hidden knowledge about the book everything has to be a surprise and everything has to be told to them Mm -hmm. and like a lot of movies have this issue where they either assume you've read the books, so they don't give you enough detail, or just go Dark so Tower. far from the plot. Yeah. So, uh, I was but watching also too, Oh, sorry. Th- th- there is a thing, though, that you can sit there and you can learn from, uh, as much as I detest it, The Walking Dead. Where mm-hmm. there was a fan base that knew of this indie comic book. Mm-hmm. And then there were people like me, I didn't know it was a comic book first. Yeah. and everything but i think that they painted it pretty well at least all the way up to like the the introduction to negan because i stopped watching afterwards that they kind of did like a really good mix of like okay we take elements from the book mm-hmm. and then we kind of mix some stuff up to make up so it pleases both the reading audience and then the um the 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 newer audience that are just now being engrossed in the story yeah. But then also, too, you have those comic book fans that's all like, it's not like the book. And I was like, of course, then you get fucking bored. You'll know what the hell happened. That's the whole point why they changed it and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. In my screenwriting classes in college, we talk about when you do an adaptation, you're no longer just looking at the book audience. You now have the entire you have to sell movie to everyone. audience. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you can't just be like, oh, here's the book. You have to incorporate things that other people are going to be pulled into to be able mm-hmm. to get it out there. It's like when Marvel fans get all pissy that they're not like the comic books. I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, not all the comic books are great. Or because there's so many of them, they don't always line up. They're not going to yeah. always be like the comic books. There's too many of them. You can't yeah. keep yeah. all your plot lines straight. You know how many times they've reset the X-Men universe? Like, things are getting wonky, buddy. <laughs> okay? Like, we can't keep going and being like, oh, but it, you know, in this timeline, in this universe, I don't care! Yeah. I don't care! Well, see, see, I think, though, if you want something like that, you can't do it in a film. You have to do it in television. Mm-hmm. Most Marvel yeah. comic properties, though, from what I've learned with this phase that they've done, and I'm so sorry for this big old transition away from Salem's Lot. <laughs> but the thing that I've learned that has become successful so far in the MCU is the adaptation of street level heroes. So like Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, She-Hulk. As much as She-Hulk is kind of getting a little bit of mixed reviews, I think this would have been far better as a TV show. Uh, maybe even a little bit better writing. Because it kind of felt like this was a movie just broken up into a film. And a lot of people will say that. But street-level heroes make the best um, TV shows. Like, those are your 
they don't have to be a gritty crime drama, but they could be something like that. Spider-Man could easily be a TV show with the yeah. amount of storytelling with relationships that P- Parker has in between him and MJ and then all the other villains. And you can kind of mm-hmm. say the same thing for the X-Men, but there's also moments of the X-Men in Spider-Man's life where you just can't do that on a television budget, you know, unless you have, mm-hmm. you know, Game of Thrones money, you know, yeah. then yeah, maybe. Yeah. But other than that, like, so that's why you kind of have characters like Spider-Man and Captain America and Iron Man and the X-Men and, and the soon to be Fantastic Four, you know, uh they're 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 in the movies while you have like these smaller guys like moon knight and daredevil that are you know just taking over the television screen you know you have to find like a good balance and when it comes to the mcu ground level heroes perfect tv your save the universe heroes perfect movie yeah Yeah. i've been watching uh harley quinn i know it's dc so like don't roast me but Oh my god, is it so freaking good? It's so good. I love it so much. Oh, I'm like on episode like five now. I've rewatched one through five twice because I watched it with my sibling and then I came, mm-hmm. you know, I have a roommate now. And my roommate, I was like, hey, I want to watch this TV show. And I'm really bad about watching TV shows and movies. So I was like, I need someone that's gonna like ask me to watch it. So I was like, hey, yeah. you want to watch this with me? And so I rewatched one through five with her. And I'm like, okay, now let's watch this together. So now tonight <laughs> I get to watch more. And I'm very excited about it because I freaking love it. I need to see the new season. I, I, I've all caught up where... Um, I'm know, only on episode well, one through five. Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you're still in the first season. Yeah. yeah. Like, it gets so much more <laughs> wackier. It gets so much more wackier. Like, the moment that I think okay you guys can't top this the show creators managed to like no we're gonna jump the shark and by shark we mean the sharks in space and we're gonna jump that you know (laughs) but it's done in a very funny way where it doesn't feel like oh like okay that felt like jumping the shark i was like no it actually feels very very much in the spirit of harley quinn you know yeah which and i love the actress who does the voice of her from the big bang theory yeah yeah. Kaylee Coco or something like that or yeah I don't know I, I could guess but I'm not sure yeah yeah I, I couldn't tell you the Penny. last name <laughs> yeah. yeah it's Kaylee something but it, I don't know yeah. how uh yeah I would just there's do, too like, many vowels in that last name for me to remember off the top <laughs> of my head right now listen if I don't know you personally my chances of knowing your name are very slim to none I am very bad with Ooh. actors and actresses names yeah same though people would be like oh didn't you see this person in this film and i'm like what character was that and they're like the lead i'm like oh um (laughs) yeah totally if an actor or actress gets pissy that i don't know their full name i'm sorry have a personal connection with me send me 10 million dollars and i will remember your name no worries oh that's a personal (laughs) connection i think that's a personal deposit but you know (laughs) (laughs) whatever Make a charitable donation to my bank account and yeah. like I'll put your name on everything. Yeah. I'll have it monogrammed <laughs> on my soul, okay? Oh my god. <laughs> um anyways, Salem's lot. <laughs> that should just be like soul. that's just the title for all of this now. Is anyways, um, Salem's, Salem's lot. lot. <laughs> Maybe when I tell people the episode breakdown of what chapters in what episode, it'll be anyways, dot dot dot, Salem's Lot. Yeah. Episode breakdown. <laughs> yep. 
so Matt is filling uh, our man Ben in on everything that led up to his heart attack. Uh, Matt asks Susan what she... Oh, sorry. No. Matt... Matt is filling Susan in on everything that... No. No. I was correct the first time. Yeah. I didn't trust myself. <laughs> that was the problem. Matt's filling Ben in on everything that led up to his heart attack. Matt asks Susan what she thinks, and she still does not believe. So Matt's like, okay, weirdo. Anyways, I'm just going to start doing research because I'd rather not die, which good choice. Love that. I this yeah. Okay, let's be honest. If I was in a horror movie, this would be me because I'd rather not do the fighting. I'd rather just send you my uh, 10 pages of notes I found on Vampire Bites than be like, yeah, I'm going to totally go fight a vampire. Hi, I'm going to lock sure myself in my basement though. with my computer and all the crucifixes and mm-hmm. garlic and <laughs> UV lights that I can find. And I will text you and you'll get a lovely email whenever you need updates. Me being the Bobby and Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> salt rim like, like, you gonna help us it's like i just i just did the whole freaking bulk bulk load uh, loaded the work for you now you guys go kill the son of a bitch and bury it and like mm-hmm. it's like what <laughs> what else out. do you want from me <laughs> i have given you Love all Bobby. the information go i will I, stay here in my little ring <laughs> i would be filling just, hula hoops yeah. with salt throwing it around demons <laughs> casually <laughs> Someone would walk into my house, it'd be my library, shotgun with the salt rounds in it, hula hoops next to me, in a pentagram, in a bunch of pentagrams, and then just be like, hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Yeah, you can take a seat over there, all the way on the other end, and you can talk to me from there, just yell over. Uh, Get any closer. There's a phone connected, you could just pick it up and I can hear you. (laughs) Yeah. Slide food through that meal slot. <laughs> pretty much just made a huge bubble for herself, pretty much. Yeah, no, dude. I if, The second I found out all that shit was real, I'd bubble down. Absolutely not. You'd never see me leave my house. Have you seen this? Okay. Last side tangent. Have you seen the girl on TikTok that uh, recently realized that if you have a welcome mat... It like automatically welcomes vampires in, and she goes, "I don't. I'm not saying vampires are real. I'm just saying I don't want to find out." So she threw away her mat that said "Welcome" and replaced <laughs> it with "Hello." And someone was like, "Hello" is also a greeting, and oh she's God. like, "Okay, you know, never mind." And then the girls, uh, someone else commented and was like, "Yeah, my my mat just says go away." So I think they get the message. <laughs> <laughs> My mat says uh, tricks and treats. So, there you go. You we want one that says wipe your paws. That's cute. Uh, I don't, I, I don't Daniel sent me one that says uh, ring the doorbell, the cats are naked. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, Sam's lot. <laughs> so um they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do they can't get dr cody on their side and ben suggests that they go to the graveyard tonight and just like 
see what happens. And I'm like, this seems like a horrible idea, actually. <laughs> like, the assumption is, is that now vampires always rise out of the ground, which we've already learned is not the case. Two, if something does rise out of the ground, do you actually want to be there when that happens? Because I don't. Absolutely not. I'll bring out the game cams and we'll set them up and, like, you know, watch yes. from afar. Correct. Uh, and then be like, well, shit, it happened. Now we know. <laughs> the way I would turn into one of those, like, Christian girls that has, like, crosses tattooed on their bodies so quickly if vampires were real. Like, if it helps, right. <laughs> there you would be everywhere. I don't think it will. I don't know. I would be willing to find out, though, as a <laughs> right? second line of defense. Just, just have a tattoo like on your neck and everything, thinking they're not going to get me. And like the vampires are like, you still got toes. And it's like, <laughs> scream. <laughs> it's like, eh. I'd wear, you, like, a you so become like the house that's like, you know, like witchy kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, did I just walk into the chapel? And there's just a <laughs> cross like on every wall. And you're yeah. just like covered in them. And you're like, hi. I am here. I am never leaving. <laughs> They'll be like, that's oh such God. a that girl's weird. Why she yeah. got so many crosses everywhere? <laughs> it would be like pentagrams on the floor for demon traps and also crosses. And they'd be like, what the fuck is going on in that house? Ten out of ten, her name will be Hope. <laughs> <laughs> that was my dog's name. Yep. What the hope? Yeah, we didn't name oh, her man. that. She came with that name. We were going to change it, but she wasn't very good about rules or listening. So we're like, eh, not worth it. We love Hope. Yeah, she's very good. Um, so Matt also recommends that they talk to Father Callahan, a.k.a. the drunkest priest ever. But I kind <laughs> of love him. And then Cody says that he'll talk to Ben after his rounds. Uh, which honestly love Cody for even like humoring them. Yeah. Um, right. So Cody says, especially since Matt agrees, he's having a hard time like writing Ben off, which is the proper response. Honestly, because everybody knows Matt in town. They don't know who the fuck Ben is. Yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't know who Ben is. I'm, using a lot of profanity this episode so i need to chill out a little bit um (laughs) but it's okay that's supposed to be you know my my character's shtick cody says you know it's fine we'll dig up the body we'll see what happens but it it kind of sounds like it believe he believes but it also is he's having like a healthy amount of skepticism um which is good it means cody is a rational person yeah Hmm. Mm-hmm. I also love that his name is actually Jimmy, but because they call him Dr. Cody, I've just shortened it to Cody. Yeah. Also, too, the body they're talking about is uh, the Glick boy. Yes. The, the one that the one that yep. was buried, not the one that is still missing. Yeah. Rest in pieces. <laughs> the one that she called a bully. That's gonna be that's gonna be future merch. I just gave you future merch ideas, so I expect two percent royalty checks. Oh yeah. <laughs> and my merch that doesn't make any money, ask Nova, because Nova gets fifty percent of the profits. 
Wait, it's 50? Holy shit. Yeah, I gave you 50% of the profit. Good lord, yeah. dude. She, she doesn't even know this. She's like, where, where the fuck is my paycheck? <laughs> I've had no sales, so. I am going to be redoing my merch store at some point, though, because I found a better alternative um, mm. that's supposed to, like, pay out more in profit and mm-hmm. stuff mm. like that. So we'll see. We'll see how it works. Also, it would allow me to sell on Etsy, which is fun. Instead of being tied to like one commercial company. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyways, um, they do start describing what a dead body should look like in a week. So that's kind of gross. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I I didn't like it. I've been like, I just kind of was like, oh, okay, this is. I was like, this is information that I'm getting, but like, I wasn't gonna throw up, but I was like, oh, I don't really want this information. Yeah. Too bad you have been delivered this information. Who you are? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um. So now they're gonna tell the Glick family that they want to dig up uh, Danny's corpse, but once they get there, they find out that uh, Mrs. Glick died that morning, and they sent the husband to like an asylum situation it sounded like i think they sent it to like a what was it i don't remember what it was called but he said it's been weeks now since i've read the book yeah yeah i don't remember Um, i think it was like probably some mental mental ward in a hospital or something or yeah just something like that he already broke down when he lost both his children and to now lose his wife after you know, she's already kind of had like these hallucinations of saying that, you know, uh, Danny visited us and, you know, he's mm-hmm. over here like, oh, great, she's drunk again. And then the slowly kind of realized, oh, no, her son's been feeding on her and yeah. everything. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's almost like in a very perverse sexual way, like the vampires are are perverting, you know, what um, a very young mother son relationship kind of is and uh, freud is just rolling yeah yeah i I think we talked about this last week where you know freud's just rolling and everything but yeah i'm i would not doubt it if if what she said to say he went to a mental asylum because it's like i don't know if it was like a mental institution or if they said asylum because i was also reading a book sent in the 1800s and that yeah. was called an asylum. So I might be getting asylum from there. And it might have just been like a hospital. It's all bleeding in. I, I, I could be wrong, but I thought it was like he went to the hospital to go into like the mental. Like maybe oh, they have like a you're not like need to go to the uh, institute. You can just be in the hospital in this yeah. ward for a few days. But I could be wrong. But that's what I had gotten out of what I thought possible. it was. I think the two are just bleeding into my head together a little bit because uh, it's been a couple weeks since we read these and i uh binged the living daylights out of this 1800s novel um (laughs) so yeah all i have is that he was in shock so okay so that so that's probably chances are that's probably what happened it's you know he's like in a like an not really an intensive unit but something like that where Mm -hmm. it's more to keep an eye on him it's like like you lost both your kids Mm -hmm. in like about a month span and then you lost yeah. your wife, you know. Yeah. So it's a lot to process, and he already broke to begin with. So mm-hmm. to lose his wife after watching her go nuts for like weeks on end, 
Yeah. Um, it does some. It's it rough. does something to your brain. Mm-hmm. So they decide that they're going to go to the funeral home um, because they're sure that no one's going to be there on Sunday. And they're like, okay, now we have Mrs. Glick's body that we can figure out what's going to go on with. So uh, Ben's starting to freak out a little bit. He's like, is this a terrible idea? And I'm like, yes, dude, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> but they just go on with it. Um, while this is all going on, Susan, being an absolute idiot, decided uh, that she was going to go to the Marston house by herself and just sneak in. She didn't have a plan. She didn't have a crucifix. She didn't have anything going on. And she just kind of went in there. No, just she did flim- have a small crucifix. She, it was a necklace one. She she had a, a very flimsy piece of um of um fencing, like like it was supposed oh. to like the white picket fence with like the little sharp thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like it's not even it's not even supposedly what the legend is is that I think you have to like use like a like Joshua wood tree like a Joshua tree wood or something like that in order to like actually kill the vampires. So she's like, just rips off this little piece mm-hmm. of fencing. And I was like, okay, so not only is she coming to someone's house when no one's there, but she's also vandalizing the property. So yeah. it's like, she's kind of getting what she's getting here. Yeah. And right. Bought the smallest, like little cross necklace possible. Yeah. Thinking that would be fine and dandy. Turns out not fine and dandy, but you know. So, um, yeah, we find out she's like sneaking through the woods around this house, and then someone snuck, sneaks up behind her and taps her shoulder. And then it cuts off, which honestly, good writing. Cody and Ben are locking themselves in the room with Mrs. Glick's body because that's a wonderful idea. Uh, yeah. So, and then Ben admits that he didn't bring a cross. And I'm like, bro, is this your first rodeo? Like, vampires are real. What is your next answer? Always have a cross on you. All the time. Forever. Yeah. Like, I would have them hanging in front of doorways. So you had to, like, smack the cross when you walked into the doorway. (laughs) <laughs> but also too this is still like the early like oh my god there's vampires in the lot you know like mm-hmm. it's still the early moments of we're clicking to it and this mm-hmm. is this is probably like the first huge manifestation that they are actually dealing with and like what are we on page 300 no we gotta be at least on page 400 by now that all this is happening yeah. you know because this is like almost a 600 page book Mm-hmm. And page 400 is just right when they're like, holy shit, there's vampires in the lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of makes you wonder, it's like, well, what the hell were the rest of the pages for? And it's like, set up. <laughs> yeah, truly. That's how but Stephen I'm... King does it, set up. <laughs> it just, it shocks me that, like, most people's first reaction is not to be overly prepared. Like, that is my answer to every single thing. If I'm going to go on yeah. a trip, I'm packing for a week. Because, like, what if I get stranded? I don't know. Anything can happen. Hi, I literally have a plan for the zombie apocalypse. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> is, it, is it getting on that, that island writer's retreat and then just living off of there? No, it's going to my hometown. Uh, like, I ain't nothing awesome. coming up there. <laughs> that's, that's my plan for the zombie apocalypse is I'm going to wherever you are. Like, yeah. I- <laughs> 
It seems we like are it. gathering any family we can going yeah. to Jackman because the whole town is in like a valley and it's away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the nearest next towns are like half an hour away and they're so much tinier than it mm-hmm. yeah. that you have to go an hour to go even to something bigger than it. And then if you want to go to like, you know, Walmart, it's an hour and a half. You know, everything's far away from it. That, that's a whole and, fucking uh, adventure. That's a Walking Dead episode right there. <laughs> well, everyone is a hunter or in the Border Patrol or something like that. Oh my so, God. Uh, yeah, um, it's going to be probably fine <laughs> up there. It's, it's not your usual small town. It's the small town where a lot of, you know gun holders are you know it's in the middle of the woods there's like nothing else around so yeah pretty much everyone has hunted can hunt and owns a gun so maine has a bunch of tiny little islands that is true maine has a lot of islands then uh, just go to the coast and yeet out there for her her first uh, zombie apocalypse thing will be like a zombie moose that just gored a border patrol agent (laughs) good lord (laughs) Probably. No, we wouldn't have to worry about the zombies. We have to worry more about the cow moose with their babies coming through and like attacking. Yeah. Oh See, I would hop on a boat to get to Maine because there's no way I would be able to get all the way there in a car if a zombie apocalypse broke up because I live in Florida and everybody yeah. has the same answer, which is don't be in Florida if a zombie apocalypse happens. <laughs> Because not only is that definitely going to be the origin point, but there's also way too many people here, and most of them are dumb. And their answer yeah. to a zombie apocalypse fight would probably be like, "Oh, you know, being a zombie isn't that bad." Or, um, oh yeah, hunting. I got bitten, but uh, I still decided to go to s- safety. Yeah, I still identify as a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I would not want to be in Florida. If the zombie apocalypse broke out at all. But but the thing is, is you would have to stop halfway or depending on the boat that you have, you would have to stop somewhere along the, the, the East Coast just to refill. Sailboat. Okay, yeah. That's still going to take you a while. How long would it I take I mean, it's going to take from... me a long time, but inevitably I will. Why end- then Nova could have been eaten and turned and... <laughs> My, I think Nova's going to survive. I have full faith that Nova would survive. I would end up dying before I think Nova would die. Take notes. I Nova's was, probably going to be the first one gone. <laughs> I Okay, I literally had this conversation with someone one time, and we were talking of who would survive jail and who would survive the zombie apocalypse. And the friend I was talking to would survive jail, not the zombie apocalypse. I would not survive jail. <laughs> I would survive the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> oh my god. See? My first problem is I can't poop or pee in the woods. How am I going to survive? <laughs> Unknown. <laughs> I think it's survival. It'd be a little different. I don't yeah. know. I'm pee Depends shy. until you wipe your ass with uh, the first thing is of uh, poison ivy or sumac and everything. <laughs> it's That's like, another okay. reason I would die. I don't know how to scavenge. <laughs> I'm going to hope that Noah's got a book on it somewhere. I actually do. <laughs> I knew, like, it. I knew it. I knew anybody did, it would be you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean I knew a lot about it anyway, but I got it because I am writing like an apocalyptic in Maine. And I was like, okay, Perfect. I want more of the ins and outs, like the little things that I didn't know. Yeah. 
Stephen um, King's place better be a fortress of solitude. That's all I gotta say. It's gotta be. You gotta save Stephen probably? King. You gotta save Stephen King. Okay, we'll save, save Stephen, Stephen King. King. Don't worry. <laughs> He's on the the docket to be saved then. Yeah, right next to like the Pope and. <laughs> all right. We're gonna- People are going to be like, what did you load onto your sailboat? And it's going to be me, Daniel, the cat, and then a whole bunch of books. <laughs> That'll probably get ruined by the weather. Well, sailboats oh. usually have like an under storage. Yeah. Like if it's a bigger sailboat, it's not all yeah. top side. So I don't if know. you I stay close to the really coast, I also don't if you know hit how to- it right, I think the current... Pretty much will go right up if you hit it at the right time yeah. of year. I also don't know how to do a sailboat. So like maybe my first plan should be how to sail a sailboat. And then <laughs> I will be an essential part of the uh, zombie apocalypse and not a full nuisance on uh, Nova's resources. <laughs> there you go. Yearly we decide uh, everyone's address and who lives along a coastline that I can pick up to bring to Jackman. Right. Just get to the East Coast and Rachel will grab you. Yeah. Uh, if you know how to sail a ship, even better. <laughs> if you can sail a sailboat, you're you're in, but if you can't, best of luck. Start I know people swimming. who can sail a sailboat. The swimming. But they're go. in Maine. <laughs> well, send instructions. I'll have them printed out and ready to go at any <laughs> sign of catastrophe. Anyways. Salem's Law. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Cody, being the uh, only logical person, um, decided to make a cross out of those tongue, tongue depressors. Yeah. Which, as long as it works, I guess. But it starts glowing, which is just a level of this new lore that I am not, I was not prepared for. Um... Don't know why it's glowing. It'd just be like that. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out, yes, indeed, we do have a vampire, Mrs. Glick. She attacks them uh, as soon as, like, the sun sets and uh, takes a big old bite out of Dr. Cody. Mm-hmm. So... However, it seems that most people are not turning from one bite, which is good. Yeah. So I and then he like freaks out and immediately is like dumping like antiviral stuff in it, which like rubbing alcohols, I'm guessing. Yeah, but he's, he's dumping it everything. All out. Yeah, which is which a good... makes you wonder if this is either an infection mm-hmm. that causes people or through the power of mysticism that you just have to be drained of all blood before you finally, you know. Yeah. You have to be more exposed to whatever is in their body, you know. Yeah, which, I have personally really that could liked be anything. Yeah, I liked the um, more recent vampire lore, which is they then have to drop their blood into your body for you to become a vampire. Because I feel like that's what makes a lot of sense to me personally uh, when it yeah. comes to vampire lore. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're turning all of your food source into vampires constantly. Yeah. Yeah. But like uh I'm currently binge watching the strain and they have a very similar thing like that where uh but their form of vampirism is spread through a little white worm. 
which mm-hmm. I guess is more of a nod to Bram Stoker's The Lair of the White Worm and everything. That That's one mm-hmm. way of infection. But if you are turned to the point where you have your memories and you're a little mm-hmm. bit more in control of your animalistic intakes, that it looks almost like it could be the master's blood. If you mm-hmm. intake that, then... Um, you kind of have a better grasp of who you are, but now you are slowly going to turn into a vampire mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like that, but for some reason, when I see it on my television, it looks like like a teardrop. So it's like whatever the hell he, he's squeezing, it's all like, it's like, what is that? Is that his blood? Is that a teardrop? That's kind of <laughs> weird with yeah. the biology. Yeah. But also too, for them, they also have it where like you grow like another organ. So it's like, it's not like your tr- traditional vampires. If, if you kill the master, then everyone else is cured. It's like, no, you kill everyone else because this this damn thing grows like a giant long ass tongue and like part of its neck has like this whole little breathing apparatus. So I'm guessing that's what replaces the lungs is you get this long ass tongue. Yeah, it's, it's more yeah. of a scientific take on mm-hmm. it, but it's also more of a, like it's an epidemic. That's so cool, imagine coronavirus, but with vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Good lord. And this came out before the coronavirus, too. This came out, like, in 2015. Oh, wild. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a book series, too, called The Strain. Mm. Yeah. So there you go, readers. I just gave you another trilogy to read. Love that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Mrs. Glick just teleports at the end, it sounds like. Which I was very confused by. So this either means that A, they totally could have teleported at any point in time, or B, the vampires are leveling up. Or C, I misread it. I don't think I did, but that's also an option. It's almost kind of like uh, King's version of the mist. You know how like they can tur- like turn in the mist and then just mm-hmm. kind of... I guess that's kind of what... That's what I interpret it as. It's his version of the disappearing act into the mist and... You know, though yeah. really only Dracula has been the one to really kind of show that, you know. Yeah, I feel like everybody else with the vampire mist, like, idea has just mm-hmm. made it so that vampires are very, very fast. Yeah. So then, like, they seem like they're disappearing, but that's because they run away. Yeah. In mm-hmm. King's book, it doesn't sit there seem like the vampires are, like, super, super fast individuals. They're just very crafty. Mm-hmm. like they they definitely know to just stay in numbers in numbers they'll win and they'll, yeah. they'll get a meal and mm-hmm. everything uh they're they're not like the vampires of today which are kind of like the zombies of today where it's no longer like the slow you know limping creatures it's everything today's gotta be fast it's gotta be fast and cerebral because that's the only way that we can scare the audience it seems it's with the 28 day rage zombies slash rage vampires and mm-hmm. Well, I also feel like now, if a be- if something is slow, we can easily trap it, you know? True. Like, True. I feel like it was scary if they were slow when it felt like there was no way to get away from it. So it was like an inevitable doom. Like Night of the Living Dead. Haven't seen it. I have not watch well in in this one without spoiler warnings they look at it as there's only a few dead out there and Mm -hmm. then some of them are like we'll just ignore them as long as we're locked up in here we'll be fine there's Mm -hmm. like until they know that we're here then how many are going to show up and then sooner or later 
it goes from just one zombie to three to like it's a whole group gathering and then pretty much it ends where there's like there's like a mob of them outside and mm-hmm. so yeah like yeah i kind of get like the slow ones you can trap them and all that if you are in an open field and you have the right equipment but if you're like say in night living dead you're on a farmhouse <laughs> trying to lock up and keep them out sooner or later they'll figure out you know they're not entirely dumb but mm-hmm. they they would figure out yeah. two plus two equals four and then they'll just start swarming but they'll do it at a gradual rate you know yeah jimmy's like okay we have to cover this sh- up and he decides the best way to do that is just to punch ben directly in the face with no warning <laughs> um honestly i think that's the best way to do it because if i did see it coming someone punching me in the face um yeah. i think i'd be like let's think of another way and run away um <laughs> so that's totally fair because i also would not want to be punched in the face right Cody's very much like he's he he's an engineer for sure mm-hmm. you know coming up with the cross and then like the whole like you know come here ben is like what and bam sock him once like what's that yep. for it's like mm-hmm. to, for the believable story it's like someone came in here, took the body. We have to make it look real. And if it, you would have known, you would have flinched and it wouldn't have looked right. And, yeah. You know, yeah. he's a smart man. He is a very smart man. Mm-hmm. But now we have uh, two scenes of the crimes that uh, Ben has been at. He has been at two crimes with dead bodies. So that's not yes. looking good. Uh, mm-hmm. But they have to call the cops on themselves. The sheriff does not believe them at all. He knows they're in a lie. Cannot figure out what it is, though. And he's the sheriff's like, listen, I cannot hold you guys, but like, are you going to tell me what's going on here? Or are you just going to keep lying? And they're like, we're not lying. We're totally not <laughs> lying. Um, but yeah, they got to go make statements to the cops tomorrow. And that's the end of that chapter. Then we are on to chapter 12 with our boy, Mark. So I forgot, I got confused for a second uh, about Mark and Matt. I keep doing that. And I was like, what is happening? But then we find out that kid Mark has a pistol on him. And I am reminded that kids in the 70s can literally do whatever they want because they have no rules. How to get (laughs) access to a pistol. Nobody knows. So we do find out, luckily, though, it is Mark, in fact, who sees Susan and taps her on the shoulder. And the fact that Susan did not see Mark coming tells us enough that he probably shouldn't be out there. I mean, she should not be out there because she is not planning ahead. She is not looking around for her surroundings. She's just tromping through the woods, attracting all the vampires, and is going to get everyone killed. Sorry, I gave you my yawn. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> my, my B. Um, so Mark's entire plan is just to put a stake through the heart and hope for the best. And I'm like, yeah. I love that for you, but you are like 10. These are full-grown adults. Don't know how I feel about that. However, I but will say... Sorry. But, but it is funny because out of everyone when you really look at 
who is all unprepared it's matt it, it, it not matt it's mark right next to matt yeah it's it, 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 it right next to mark it's matt but yeah you know uh mark is like the most prepared guy for all of this like he may not have stakes already made and everything but he generally knows what to do mm-hmm. and everything because you know he's read the horror magazines and he's seen the horror movies you know this guy pretty much got his vampire and i think they bring it up in the book too the kid gets his vampire degree from watching movies yeah and everything yeah. and that's that's even something that's referenced in the lost boys years later it's like, mm-hmm. I got my vampire hunting degree through freaking movies and everything. And where Matt's more the, uh, the, by the books, you study this, you know, he's looking at that. You have two generations of people, of uh, how they studied killing vampires and everything. And what one through the actual text of, you know, the origins and whatever. And then you got one through the movies. It's all like, you know, you mm-hmm. stake them, you know, you throw some garlic in their mouth, you cut their heads off. That's it. And you know um then of course you know there's a lot more to it like you actually have to burn the bodies and then you have to take the body to a four winds cross intersection and then dump the ashes here so all the ashes go everywhere so the body doesn't reform there's a lot more that goes into the old i think it's slavic of like you know the slavic tales on how you kill a vampire Mm -hmm. and everything and yeah king probably thought that was overkill (laughs) you know but I do like that uh, Stephen King always makes it so that the kids are like the most prepared. Yeah. You know, I love that. Like, I just, I like that as his thing where the kids are never useless. <laughs> well, At least the ones more, I've read. Yeah. Well, it, it's more of a self-reflection because, you know, when he was starting to really get into writing, you know, as a child, he, he grew up on the EC comic stuff. So, you know, to like read all this, it's like, oh, our, it's like, this is like right here, like a, how do you kill a zombie? How do you combat a cursed object of some sort? You know, he's kind of went through that general training through a comic book of, oh, if I had to kill a vampire, you know, I would have to do this or, you know, how yeah. do you kill a, a, a werewolf? Do you, do you use a silver bullet? and everything and i think a lot of people take that in measure to like how much uh ec comics is like tales from the crypt you know and uh vault of horror like how much that influenced like the filmmakers years on because i'm pretty sure even the filmmakers who did like monster squad which again side tangent they have teens or no middle schoolers and a teenager pretty much going through horror magazines and they are getting their base to base how do you kill a mummy? How do you kill the werewolf? Mm-hmm. You know, it's silver bullet and everything. And, you know, it it's a whole training manual. It's funny how we train children now to how to kill supernatural creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's very but, much I mean, it. it works. Yeah, it works. It works. And to me, I don't think it's a trope that'll ever get old because we we enjoy it. We enjoy it so much because we relate to it so much. Mm-hmm. I think we all want to be that kid that finds out the vampires are real and we have yeah. to use our actual knowledge of all of our rating to yeah. solve that problem. Oh yeah. You know, we, we, we feel like our own Abraham Van Helsings mm-hmm. or Sherlock Holmes, you know, I prefer Moriarty, but you know, teach their own. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be evil. That's me. 
from uh, an actual song (laughs) yeah it's from um the disney movie um it's like the best one that's come out recently where they're all villains kids and they all go to college with or high school oh i know exactly oh descendants yes thank you we watched that when you're here (laughs) but but my, my my brother my brother loves those movies and everything they're so good i don't know why they're like they're a little cheesy but they're pretty good i like them if it's got cheese it's good Mm -hmm. yes sir (laughs) it's more than just it's more than just a food tip you know (laughs) (laughs) but um susan finally believes now which a little late but go off uh mark fully breaks in just busts a window I don't think he actually busts the window. I think he just opens a window. But he breaks into this house. And now they're both in this house together. Um, while they're like going through the house, they find a random book in Latin of unknown origin, which I feel like is going to be significant. But I don't know if it actually is. But it's there. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. We'll find out. So, you know, they're going through this whole house, room by room, together, and Straker comes back, and he catches them in the house, which nobody anticipated that there'd be someone that could walk around during the daytime in this house. Bad plan. Mm -hmm. So, Straker uh, took Mark's gun, tied him up, and then also threw Susan in the cellar. So, you know, all the vampires we find out are in the cellar where Susan is because they're morons. And (laughs) Mark is now just tied up, like dangling. So like my idea. So he's like tied to the ceiling rafters where they found hubby's uh, body. So like he's just like planking, basically, but all tied up. And we find out that Hubby Marston was the one who brought Barlow to America, supposedly. That's what Straker kind of says. He's like, it's more of it's it's the it's the evil that already had planted itself. And so they more or less they were just attracted. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes sense. I I mean, I think it was more like Barlow was inspired by Hubby being here, maybe. I don't know. Probably, yeah, because you, with the whole satanic stuff, you know, it's like what better way to sit there and lie in into a a house that has in a sense been desecrated, you know? Because mm-hmm. we already know they don't they're not friends with Christ, you know, whatsoever. <laughs> they don't like the cross. They don't like the faith and everything whatsoever. And so, why not settle down in a desecrated land? You know mm-hmm. that that's. You know, that's like a vampire's playground right there. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about any religious artifacts of any sorts. So, yeah, Hubie accidentally did them a favor. You know? Yeah. Makes sense. I had run down friends, question mark, lots of question yeah. marks. I was like, um, um, okay. So, Mark decides he's going to try and Houdini his way out of here. Um, and that was not like a joke. That was he's using Houdini's methods for mm-hmm. uh, yeah. escaping, which 
I love. I love that this kid is a child of many interests. Go off. Um, so he does actually get out of the ropes, which was shocking in and of itself. And he hears someone coming up the, the stairs. So he's like, okay, I got to go out the window. Window nailed shut. Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, now I guess I have to defend myself. So he finds, I think it's like a, like a stick of some sort, like a large plank. What's that called? That was a pipe or something, but maybe I, I don't I, know. I, yeah. I could have been, I, I could have been mistaken. He, he finds some, up. yeah, he finds some form of weapon, hits Straker on the head twice, knocks him out cold. Um, and then his hand somehow goes around Mark's ankle, but like it seems like more of a reaction kind of thing. Like he's not still not conscious, but I would have given him another hit on the like head a, just like for a that. reflex. You yeah, because he took a couple of wallops in the skull. So yeah, but I would have thrown another one in for good measure when that happened. But Mark didn't hit him back in the dick again like he did earlier. <laughs> because because earlier when when mark was uh when mark was uh, being carried mm-hmm. and everything and straker knew he, uh, who he was and then mark tried to fight back and kick him in the balls and everything mm-hmm. uh straker gets revenge by whenever they do like the you know the houdini trick thing with the rope he mm-hmm. cinches it right on mark's freaking nads and everything and Ugh. hurts the boy as yeah. like a payback and I think that would have been even better payback of like, you know, I'll bust both your heads and like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) top tier. (laughs) So Mark has escaped though. And he's like, Oh my God, I got to go save Susan, which apparently seems to be everyone's reaction when it comes to Susan. Um, So he tries to go down to the cellar, but he hears her get shot. Not a good sign. And he's like, okay, well, I obviously can't go save her because there was a gunshot. She stopped making noise, which means she's either dead or she's a vampire. So he uh, is now on the run and runs home. Mark's parents are freaking out because this kid's like 10 and came home past his curfew because it's obviously like nighttime now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, when we leave off, his dad is descending upon him. Which, I don't know what that's supposed to mean if this kid's, like, getting beat or if that's, like, a hug situation or what that's supposed to mean. But they don't really explain it. Well, like, the parents have been kind of worried about him, about how he's been processing the Glick boy's death and all this other stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, father's like, I think he's doing fine. Mom's all like, well, like, you know, he doesn't seem normal. Mm -hmm. So I think most of all, the parents are kind of just wondered, with, with all this going on, is it truly fucking our child up mm-hmm. and everything uh mark's dad is more of a very logical kind of guy like he wouldn't believe in vampires but he would believe in infections and bacteria and yeah you know that's that's more his father so i don't really think he ever came off as abusive yeah or I maybe could, he could have came off subconsciously abusive yeah i don't know what that meant but it was just the phrasing but yeah. uh we do find out though susan thousand percent a vampire she like flirts with mark for some reason um yeah and trying to get let in which is weird and mark's like oh my god now i have to warn that whiter ben that his girlfriend is a vampire obviously he can't call because he doesn't know ben at all um Mm -hmm. so this 10 year old child has to go set out to go warn him 
Yeah. So that's fun. Th- this kid was like, he had way too damn much to sit there and deal with mm-hmm. in this book. You know, especially in this chapter, this right. has to be like Mark's biggest shine of mm-hmm. his ingenuity, his cunningness. Uh, you know, this kid right here is definitely someone that Barlow completely underestimated. But yet Barlow still feels like he has Mark under his thumb, especially mm-hmm. in the scene where Mark, it's right when Mark is going for Susan and then you hear like the gunshot. Mm-hmm. But Barlow actually knows Mark's up there. He's like, why don't you come down here? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he's like, sooner or later, you're going to be with us. He's like, I'll get your parents and I'll get your friends. And it's like, that's the most scariest thing ever is being in the light and safe while mm-hmm. there's something in the cellar in the darkness talking to you and saying, you know, I'm going to get your family and I'm going to get it. Anyone you ever loved or care for, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's some top tier level psychology shit. Oh Yeah. You yeah. don't even need to touch the kid at that point. That's just like yeah, you, you've done your job. You've done your job already. You know, I <laughs> mental think hospital. Barlow... Here we come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think, what makes Barlow such a great villain is he doesn't have to physically do anything. It's just his presence and the feeling he he gives off around the town. You yeah. know, even whenever yeah. he met the uh, the guy in the uh, the the garbage pit. Again, that was mostly just a conversation. He just mm-hmm. talked to the guy and everything, but it was like the sinisterness behind the words. And then with the boy who, uh, the, the cable guy who was um, fucking around with that one dude's wife and everything. Again, Paul, yeah. it was only talking. That's all he ever did. So it just yeah. goes to show you that this dude has yet to even show us a sliver of his power. All he's been doing is talking, but his talking is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're on a chapter 13, Father Call- Callahan. Um, he has come to visit Matt in the hospital room. I kind of like that we don't ever get the side where it's like Matt calling. It's just like, okay, let's just all assume really quick that that happened. Moving yeah. on. Like we don't like lag down the story with like details that don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. But he's come to visit Matt in the hospital uh, he's kind of surprised Matt isn't straight up dying. He's like, the only time I get summoned to a hospital is when people like want to convert to Catholicism real quick before they go and meet their maker, you know? Um, which I love the honesty here. Because why else would a priest ever come to a hospital? Um, yeah. But he thinks Matt must have gone crazy. Because he's like, all right, you're talking to me about vampires, dude. What's going on? You're good, chief. Kind of vibe. Yeah. Right answer. Love it. So he... <laughs> I forgot in my notes, I couldn't remember what those little bite things uh, that are supposed to be the body of Christ are called. So I called them church wafers. Um, That's kind of what there are. They're wafers. Yeah. They're like little wafer cookies. Yeah. So... Uh, mm-hmm. If any Catholics in the chat, don't get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, he basically, Matt's like, hey, can we please get some holy water? Also some church wafers, because I feel like this might help. I don't want to die via vampire. And Father Callahan's like, 
that literally goes against everything I believe in as a priest. Um, so no, which here's the thing. You can totally just like ask a priest to give you holy water and they do it. Like my grandparents have holy water when they enter their house, just available yeah. at all times. Like you can just go to a priest and be like, hi, can I have some holy water? And they usually just give it to you. So for Father Callahan not to want to give out holy water, I think it's rude. That's all I'm saying. I still gotta say he's the most interesting character I think King's ever written. One of the most interesting characters King's written. Fair. And everything. But but because like earlier in the in the book and everything, what's funny is Callahan always sat there and thought that evil was like out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you know, the evil's like what lurks in the shadows. He kind of, like almost kinda of like in a sense of how everyone here now is starting to believe in the vampires. But that's mm-hmm. only one form of evil and yeah. everything. But like as time went on, he kind of starts sitting there seeing more that the evil is more or less inside us mm-hmm. and everything. And it makes sense, you know, he kind of went into, you know, this career path to fight evil almost like it's a superhero thing. And then just to realize like, you know, evil is something evil and even in me. And he kind of compares it to the bottle, you know, that you know, so it's funny when you go through all of this and I I would have to explain to you guys exactly why I love this character so much once we wrap up towards the okay. end of this book of just Ca- of just Callahan's story, mm-hmm. because okay. what I'll tell you will blow your freaking mind about this character and probably would be the reason why you want to read the next book. We can read the next book after this if you guys want to. Well, I'm I don't know because you have to you have to read a couple of more books before you get to that book because uh, it's part okay. of a series. So <laughs> maybe, not. maybe not then. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Did they ever invite anyway. me on to that Losers Club podcast? <gasps> oh my god, I want to be on there. The Losers Club. Yeah. Or King's I follow Cast. Them. That's a good one. That's a good oh. one. King's I follow Cast. Them. I haven't listened one. to it yet, but I follow them. They're really great, knowledgeable people. Yeah, they seem cool. I just, I haven't read most of Stephen King's books, so I didn't want to like give myself spoilers. So, yeah, there, there's already been certain like episodes that they had. I have to skip them because it's like, no, I can't because I'm reading that book right now. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know if they and would like spoil it. me for other books. Like, if I listen to one that's about like a book I've read, if I'll accidentally yeah. get spoilers from like his most popular ones, like I feel like I should definitely read The Shining first. Yes, at least see the movie or read the book of it. I don't know. We'll see. I would but... say with The Shining, skip the Kubrick film and watch the TV miniseries that Meg Garris did with King. Okay. and everything that one was much more closer to the book but also too if you see both films it's like oh wow there's not that much of a difference mm-hmm. really there isn't it's just yeah um yeah there's not that much of a difference um fair enough good to know i think i've only seen the movie not the miniseries of the shining yeah not that many people see good. that that was during Neither. the 90s when stephen king like took over all the television and they did like the Langoliers and the Shining, Storm of the Century, which I had the screenplay of that in my library. That was like the first original King story that he wrote for television, and then he released the screenplay for the for the book audience, um, 
and uh what else he did the stand that was the biggest one i still think after that production value that's the best king television series out of the whole 90s i just watched that a few weeks ago the original or the the one that's on uh i think it's paramount plus uh i think probably the original because i don't have paramount plus okay so 94 yeah that's the best one i watch that all the time it's a great beginning of pandemic i watched that and it's like oh my god this feels so real now it's all like <laughs> my dad brought it out he's like i have this we're gonna watch it this time when i was up there one week and so we watched it like throughout the week piece pieces of it amazing yeah um sounds a lot <laughs> i wish i was better with transitions but i'm not so no but you know what that works that works because we keep saying it you're doing a great job. You're doing I a try. great job. I love it. I <laughs> love that because um, Salem's Lot. And like all I could think of is the title card. Like just going right through the screen. <laughs> anyway, It's a great transition. Yeah. My merch just says, um, so Salem's Lot. <laughs> Anyways, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> we can get thing. Insert book title here. I actually, can I have that merch? I think I yeah. should make that. Okay, hold on. Uh, Let me write that you, down. You can have her position like the guy from Office Space. That's like the uh, I'm gonna need you to come in this weekend, but just do like um, insert book title. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like insert a, book like title here. Like it's a Mad Lib. Like it's a Mad Lib. Yeah. See, this is what happens when you have guests that want to help you on merch. You I know, appreciate. we we mm-hmm. shoot this stuff. You know, I feel like that would be a cute sticker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yep. Okay. So, Salem's Lot. Um, <laughs> you did it wrong. Do it again. <laughs> anyways, Salem's Lot. Uh, Fans demand it. So, Father Callahan's like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go to Straker's store and tell him we think he's a vampire. And I'm like, are we going to do that? Like, I, feel I like know, we right? shouldn't do that. <laughs> Like, let's just go to the vampire den and be like, um, you all seem like vampires and just see what happens. Like, Father yeah. is that, like, person at the party that's like, what if we just take, like, 15 shots of Everclear? What What's the worst that can happen? And you're like, the worst that could happen is that I get liver damage, sir. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I wake up tomorrow in the hospital. Maybe not even tomorrow. Maybe like three days from now. And they're like, hey, by the way, we had to pump your stomach because you had really maybe bad alcohol it. poisoning. And you may have died once or twice in the process. But it's good, fam. This, the frat boy that's like, I bought a bottle of Rumplemans for every single person and you have to finish it by the end of the night. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> the ambulance showing up 15 times for every single person in this Good room Lord. is the worst thing that could happen. But I digress. Um, so then, you know, we get Father Callahan processing this entire thing. He's just at home that night and he says the night is silent. And he's terrified for his immortal soul. And I'm like, what an ending to part yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Strong words. Oh, yeah. It keeps constantly going back to like, he's always wondering about his soul. Mm-hmm. And like the whole thing about, he used to think evil's out there, but evil's inside us. Mm-hmm. And now to know that it's actually both, like both of them are the true thing is that evil is all around us. It's inside us and out there mm-hmm. and everything. And to figure that, you know, with what Matt, 
and everyone else is now gonna you know pretty much divulge him in mm-hmm. it's like holy shit how the fuck have i not seen this yeah pardon my french you know but it's fun. i think i've dropped the f-bombs about at least three times now and everything but you know that again he's a magnificent character and there's so much i want to tell you guys about him you know we'll get there <laughs> Yeah, we'll get there. But at the same time, I'm just sitting here with my handful of freaking Uno cards getting ready to hit drop four on your asses. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But that is all we have for this week. Next week, we'll be continuing on with more Salem's Lot. Um, Gothic slash James, uh, where can all of the people of the internet find you and your podcast? Not podcast, you, can find me you mostly. and your stuff. <laughs> Getting ahead. I'm not yet in production on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can pretty much find me anywhere. The Gothic Storyteller on Twitch, Instagram, uh, Twitter. It's the Gothic Wafer. Don't ask. It just is. <laughs> At least it's not Church Wafer. That was good, though. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I you just got to fill it in. You were so confident with that, and it took me like I way know. too long. I was like... <laughs> What do you mean? And I'm like, it's, it's, it's mostly oh. just because because I, I love wafer cookies. I grew up eating those, and then most people call me gothic on stream. Mm-hmm. And so one uh, one streamer that I follow who calls me goth all the time or gothic, she's like, you know what? We're gonna call you Mister Wafers. And so legit, I I told her when I when I rebranded on uh on Twitter, it's like, yeah, it's called the Gothic Wafer now. And she's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, go look. She's like, holy shit, wafers. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. So she she feels blessed that her nickname to me has now become an internet personality. You know, as she so. should. Amazing. Yeah. Novo, where can all the people of the internet find you and your stuff? Uh, pretty much anywhere um, at Novasaurus Rex. Um, I know on my Instagram I have a link tree with some of my stuff. I still have not updated it. We're doing great out here. It's fine. You have like three more weeks to update everything before the Yeah, it's probably not gonna happen. That's fine. <laughs> Let's be That's real. Fair. These people are gonna be like over here, like writing down in the reviews. It's like, yeah, it's been six years and she still hasn't updated anything. It's fine. It'd be like Okay, that. maybe by then possible purchase. My goal is by the time my next book comes out at the end of the year have it done but that's still a couple months so like i got time (laughs) vibe (laughs) but we will catch you all in the next chapter bye 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 Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on all of the things. Um, I also have a Patreon, so please feel free to check out the Patreon. And you can join for as low as $1 and get access to a bunch of great exclusive content. Um, Also, I am on Twitch. So once, you know, the world gets back to normal uh, for me, I will be streaming again. So make sure to follow so you know whenever i stream and i do like writing sprints and things like that and it's a lot of fun but yeah i hope you all are having a great day and i will catch you all in the next episode 
Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux. I'll catch y'all later. Bye!